Hi everyone, welcome back to Time Out with Maria, hosted by Maria Crow. I'm a high school student who's a member of the Young Voters political group. I cover all sorts of issues, such as political and social. Hi guys, it's Maria, and welcome back to another episode of Time Out with Maria. I am so excited to be back on here because I haven't recorded in a while and I'm talking about a topic that I'm super passionate about today, but Halloween was just a few days ago, so I do want to say to everyone, happy Halloween, and I hope that you truly enjoyed yourself. I dressed up as a cat this Halloween, (laughs) but it was a lot of fun. So today I really wanted to kind of dive into fast fashion. What is it? How can we recognize it? What are some brands that use fast fashion or are fast fashion companies? And then the economic impacts, the environmental impacts, as well as some sustainable brands that are kind of a lot better to incorporate into your life. So just to start off, what is fast fashion? So Fast fashion really refers to brands that produce high volumes of clothing throughout the year. So they're just producing, 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 and these brands are now making clothes at a fraction of the price they used to. And as a result, consumers can update their wardrobes very quickly and affordably. This overconsumption of cheaply made clothes is leading to huge growth of textile waste, pollution, and the depletion of natural resources. Because One, natural resources are being used in factories in order to make these clothes. They're in the clothes. Textile waste is a huge issue as well, and pollution from said factories. So this is raising social issues that we really can't ignore anymore. And there's also human rights violations within the workers that are working in these factories, which is really upsetting. So... How can we recognize a fast fashion brand? So most fast fashion brands release a new collection of clothing every week. It's so much clothing they're releasing. It's insane. Um, And they're using these marketing techniques through social media to kind of tell consumers, oh, you need to buy this, get into these new trends. And people really do take on to this kind of ploy or marketing scheme. And these said companies are often very vague and not entirely transparent about their suppliers and how their products are made. They don't give any specific information about what exactly they're doing to mitigate their environmental impact. And they do not provide evidence that they offer their workers decent and safe working conditions as well as living wages especially in third world countries decent and safe working conditions as well as living wages are so so important and a lot of these companies are not supplying that to these people so many fast fashion brands are green washing and they're disclosing misleading information to full consumers into thinking they're an ethical and sustainable company when they really aren't Cheap prices are also a great indicator of fast fashion products and their poor quality. So if something is really, really cheap, it's probably fast fashion. It was probably made by someone who isn't getting paid a livable wage or they're working in bad conditions and it's using natural resources. It's impossible to produce a $5 t-shirt, for example, pay the garment workers fairly and have manufacturing processes that do not harm the environment. So 
all three of these things don't really work together. And there's indicators you can see, oh, why is it so cheap? Why do they have it like that? That type of thing. And there's always research to be done on these brands. So just some brands to kind of watch out for and a little bit of an overview about them. So if you want to be conscientious while shopping, you really know what to look for. So number one is Shein. And I know Shein has been like super huge recently. Like I know a lot of people that I go to school with and even friends are always like, oh, I got it from Shein. Shein. I call it Shein because I like to make fun of it. I've never bought anything from there. But Shein is grown to be so big. They have almost, they have 20 million followers on Instagram and they're a Chinese brand and they only became popular because of social media, mostly TikTok, Instagram, etc. And they add 500 products to their website daily. Daily, 500 products. That's insane. It's insane. So by doing this, of adding all these products every day, the brand keeps contributing to throwaway culture and then fast fashion brands are promoting, which comes at the cost of the environment. There's no evidence that Shein is trying to mitigate its environmental impact, but the brand also really hasn't said any information on their website about where their products are made, where they come from, their supply chains, or even how their workers are being treated. So Shein assures on their website that they don't use forced or child labor and that it offers its workers above average wages, but it's really difficult to kind of like believe that they're actually paying their workers fairly if they're selling their products so cheap and so many products at a time. All right, so H&M is the next. The next one and there's common themes with all of these but i just wanted to go through a few so if you don't know h&m it's a super famous swedish brand it's the second largest retailer in the world and one that should probably be avoided i have shopped at h&m a bunch in the past because i do like some of their basic t-shirts and stuff like that i haven't gone there recently because i do i do shop secondhand a lot um but i just thought that was interesting so a little bit of a backstory on H&M. In 2018, they promised, they promised, they made some promises, and they failed to pay 850,000 garment workers a living wage. So 850,000 humans that were working in their factories, they didn't pay a living wage. And their female workers were also physically and sexually abused. So H&M hasn't implemented anything to stop these practices that are happening in their factories, and they were accused of turning a blind eye to the plight of garment workers who denounced inhumane working conditions, leading to the deaths of more than 100 people, which is, I can't even fathom that amount. So H&M as a whole has made some progress in eliminating harmful chemicals like PFCs, Pilothates and APS, APEOS, APOs <laughs> from his products. But these are all just like chemicals. But they also have a textile recycling program. So 38% of their clothes get recycled. So that's only 38%. And what's 38 minus 100? That other percent is a, a much bigger percent is getting thrown out and it's not really getting reused 
So although H&M has kind of made some strides to help their environmental impacts, they can do so much more to mitigate what's going on or even reduce greenhouse gas emissions. And it would make so much more sense if instead of burning their unsold clothes or burning clothes that are sent back to the factories, they could donate them to shelters in places where people need clothes who can't afford them. So it would be going somewhere. This really upsets me with H&M because it's actually been um, a brand that I've shopped at for a while. And so kind of just like seeing that makes me go, ah, because they do have cute clothes. And I feel like that's why a lot of people like Shein because they're cute and they're cheap. But at the same time, you really have to look at all the aspects and kind of things that are going on. All right, so next brand is Urban Outfitters. I know, I know. I love Urban Outfitters, but my thing is, it's so expensive. So here's where things get interesting. So Urban Outfitters was founded more than 50 years ago, and it's one of America's largest fashion retailers. So... They have done a few things to mitigate environmental impacts like LED lighting in their stores and solar panels on the roofs of their distribution centers, but they don't really enclose any other specific information about what's going to help the environment, probably because they're not doing much of anything. (laughs) Customers do not have access to information about the brand's supply chain and where its suppliers are located, plus there is also no evidence that the company's workers are paid fair wages. So back in 2015, Urban Outfitters asked its employees to work for free on the weekends as it would be a a great team building activity. In 2020, the company was once again accused of stealing the design of an Australian indigenous artist and using it to sell outdoor rugs. So Urban Outfitters is a lot to unpack. We have a little bit of thing of them being accused of stealing an Australian design and, you know, not paying workers and things like that one thing that i didn't research that i'd be really interested in is obviously urban outfitters is taking part in this like throwaway culture but what why are their prices so high if they can't pay their workers then why are their prices so high you would think if their prices are cheap they would have trouble paying their workers but their prices are high so i don't really see the issue here and the whole situation is kind of like eek all right last one so zara is a spanish fashion brand that belongs to the group inditex so what the brand does use a lot of recycled packaging and has a textile recycling program it's not super transparent about the number of resources that really go into the production in the factories of their clothes so they did have a little bit of a greenhouse gas emission goal, but I'm not really sure where they are with that goal. I couldn't really find too much information on the internet about that. But something positive about Zara is that their supply chain is less opaque compared to other fast fashion brands. The company revealed a list of suppliers, but not its whole supply chain. So we do know where some of the textiles and garments are coming from, which is nice compared to some other you know, fast fashion brands like Shein and even H&M who really don't come forth and say, hey, this is where I'm getting this from. So, Sara has been conducting audits of subcontractors to review if they're following their code of conduct, but results aren't entirely public. So again, the public can't really see, which makes it difficult. The company also doesn't pay its garment workers living wages. 
which again is disgraceful. So in 2017, Zara customers in Istanbul found secret messages in clothing. They were written by garment workers who claimed they had to work for free before the manufacturer producing clothes for Zara was bankrupt. Oh my god. That is crazy. That the garment workers were sending the other garment workers in another Zara factory messages because they they needed help. That's so scary. So those are a few of the brands I wanted to go over. But just in general, not really like a huge overview, but just a few to kind of watch out for. Fashion Nova, American Eagle, Old Navy, Gap, Anthropology, Aerie. Those are also fast fashion brands, Brandy Melville, just to kind of keep in mind if you want to be a little bit more sustainable. All right, so now some sustainable women's clothing brands, <clears throat> and I am getting this from sustainabilitychic.org if you're interested. There's tons of brands on here and hyperlinks where you can shop their clothes. Some of them are a little bit more expensive, but they reuse garments that aren't sold, and it's really interesting, their whole process. Each hyperlink has a little bit of an overview about what, um, what each brand does, so that's really cool to read about. So I'll just throw a few of the names out there. Some of them aren't very known, but I think it'll be good to just kind of get the point across that there are sustainable brands out there, women's and men's, that do treat their workers fairly and everything like that. So some of the brands are Able, Amor Vert, The Classic T-Shirt, Closest, Earth Hero, Fair Trade Wins, Encircled, The Good Tea, Fox Holt, Guru, Made Trade, and Patagonia, which we all know Patagonia, <laughs> which is really cool. But I think that as people, as young young adults, adolescents growing, there's something that we should really be aware of in our society because it's important to look out for these things and say, hey, I don't want to do that because I don't want to support a company that's not paying their workers, etc. So, economic growth of fast fashion. So, fast fashion has gained enormous popularity in the last 20 years. It's changed the way people consume clothes, and we buy more clothes now than ever before from fast fashion brands and retailers such as H&M, Zara, Forever 21, like I talked about before. So, oftentimes, these clothes will only be worn a few times before being thrown away and replaced with the latest trends because they're producing, producing, producing. Shopping for clothing isn't an occasional event anymore, and for some people, it really happens every single day, because they're like, let's go shopping for fun. And I think that, you know, shopping can be fun, but not all the time, repetitive, repetitive. So, the traditional two to four seasons each year for new collections are more than 52 seasons to replace them now. And new products are designed manufactured and pushed to the high street stores quickly and as fast as they never were before. So the apparel industry has been growing at a 4.78 yearly rate since 2011 and is expected to grow by 5.91% during the next three years. So in 2011, the global fashion industry size was, this is U.S. currency, 1 billion, the equivalent of $1 billion. By 2021, 
it should be almost two billion. Customers are willing to spend more money a year to buy more clothing. In the ca- in the clothing category, with the highest growth is sportswear. So brands like that's fill any sorts of sportswear. The first one I think of is Lululemon or Athleta, although I don't know if they're fast fashion brands. Those are just sportswear brands that come to mind. So in the United States, eighty-eight percent of consumers prefer shopping for fast fashion. And that's followed by consumers in Europe, which is 46%, India, 25%, and China, 21%. Fast fashion is growing with so much e-commerce. So the e-commerce revenue in the fashion industry worldwide was USD, $481 billion in 2018. And it's expected to reach $317 billion. So just the growth is crazy. It's astronomical. Although I think fast fashion possibly helps the economy, and you can see that it's, it's growing it so much by just some of these statistics, but at the same time, it's not good for our environment. This throwaway culture is not a good culture to in, in, encourage people to take part in. You know, we as humans have to sit down and realize that we are hurting other people when we make decisions to shop at some of these brands. And I'm not shaming anyone if you have shopped at any of these brands. I'm just saying if you're interested in the environment and what's going to happen to the world we live in, you might want to pay attention about where you're buying your clothes from and how they treat their workers, their price. Are they fast fashion? Do they fall into a fast fashion category, etc. So just something to keep in mind. So just closing out with the end of my episode today i really hope you all enjoyed this uh fast fashion and fashion in general is something that i'm very passionate about and i'd love to hear your feedback thanks and see you next time